Welcome to self harming. Huh? Welcome to self harming. Hey, welcome to self harming. We glad you here today. Another AMA. Ask me anything. Super chat is cool if you wanna pay to play. Like and subscribe, that's what we really appreciate. Let me introduce you to the tear down king. Mike McNutted, ask your questions, he'll answer anything. ATM, you know where them put them graphics on the screen. Glad you tapped in now, stay tapped in for the team. Hey, everything is posted. Go follow the socials. South Harmon FF tag is it, we get noticed. Welcome to South Harmon, we glad you here today. Welcome to South Harmon, we glad you here today. Another AMA. Welcome to South Harmon, we glad you here today. Yeah, let's go, man. D bro. Right. That shit is supposed to play it. Yeah. We do it here. I know. Amateur hour. Derek Brown is in the house. The intro is just like, nah, nah. We got to get right to it. (laughs) We got to get right to D-Bro, man. (laughs) What's up, Derek? How you doing, buddy? Doing good, boys. Uh, Before you know, I'm I'm rocking with the makeshift setup. Um, There's there's a 15% chance that one of my kids rolls out here and and acts a fool during the middle of the show, just throwing it out there. But you know, that's real life, baby. We out here, and the the takes are going to be lit, and we're going to have a good show, boys. (laughs) I mean, look. Thank y'all for having me back, man. I don't know what I did to deserve coming back a second time or third. I've lost track how many times I've been on here. But again, I don't know why y'all keep asking me back, man. But I'm glad to be here. We the glad we love you. We glad you're here today. I mean, it wasn't even us. Yeah, we we didn't make the call. They're they're begging for Debro back, and you're coming fresh off the Senior Bowl. I mean, come on, man. I mean, you're basically man. the rock of the WWE, man. It don't matter where you're at. Anytime you return, the, the crowd's gonna go wild. Do you smell? <laughs> What D-Bro's cooking. I think exactly. the only thing that The Rock and I share is the lack of hair. Past that, I think it's where the similarities kind of fall off. I don't know, man. You've been hitting them weights. <laughs> All right. I'm ready. Hey, man, I'm trying, man. This this uh, South Harmon tea uh, ain't going to fill itself out, baby, okay? That's all I'm going to say. Go. I was about to, that, you look like you're filling it out pretty good. And it's looking good on you. We got you, you know. Trying. Fresh off the Senior Bowl, man. Let, let me ask you, uh, not to get straight into it, but how, how was your experience this time? How, how was the Senior Bowl for you this time? Man, every year gets better and better, baby. I love it. This is uh, my third or fourth year going, and I, I love it, man. Like, that's one of the things that's funny, man. Like, wh- after I got hired at Fantasy Pros, we were on the company trip and stuff, and like two days into my employment, like my first day working at Fantasy Pros was on this trip, and I'm literally like, okay, y'all know we're going into Mobile, right? Like, that's going to be a thing. I got to go to Senior Bowl, and they're like, Really? And I was like, yeah, that, that, that needs to happen. And, you know, kudos to everybody, the higher-ups, the fantasy pros. But, like, man, like, I can't ask for better, man. Like, support ascendance to that every year. We're just churning out content and stuff. Me, uh, content director Mike Mayer and uh, Thor Nystrom and our friend Eric Froton, we're just hammering out interviews all week, baby. I mean, look, I got things I can gripe about. We all do. But right now, it's a good time to be alive, baby. Fresh off a of mobile. I love it. Checking in with you guys all week, right? Just uh, following the socials, watching it, listening to those interviews, little nuggets that you drop. But what better way to get the actual nuggets than to get the guy on who was there <laughs> in person, right? We can the ask man, him the myth, directly. you know. So good, the, the, so the, good, the man, man. Like who, every the man who predicted every year with that. <laughs> That's true. Oh, That's true. Dude, That's I true. 
I can't tell you how many tweets I got about that while I'm in Mobile. They're like, all right, who's showing out? Who's going to be this year's? And I'm like, I mean, we can kick it off right there. I can straight up tell you all the wide receivers that were there in, in Mobile. There was no Puka. There was no Tank Dell. There was no that guy. Now, some guys had good weeks. We're going to talk about them. We'll go chat it up. But, like, was there a guy that went down there and just dominated, wrecked fools, like legit won every single one-on-one that he got set up with and team drills and just was straight balling at the wide receiver position, there wasn't that guy. Now, guys okay. had good weeks. So I'm not tossing shade, but it was different this year. So there, there was no there was no clear-cut like standout, like, holy shit, this guy just completely dominated the entire time. Okay. Nah, man – so there's two guys that I wanted to do that while, while I was down there. It was Javon Baker and Johnny Wilson. Now, it's questionable if Johnny was on his way to that type of week, and we'll get into it. Like, But his week got cut short. I don't know if it was injury or what have you, but after one-on-ones in day two, early day two, we didn't see him, and he wasn't practicing at all on day three. Um, and, again, you talk about boots on the ground and mobile. Real quick uh, anecdote about Johnny Wilson. We were standing out in the hallway of the convention center – uh, outside the media room, like where they have like the media luncheon and all that kind of stuff and all the players and you get to do interviews and basically it's just a free for all. You're walking around the room, talking to whoever is available or whoever's there. So Thor and I are standing out there with Mike in, in the ha- hallway and we're uploading videos. We're trying to get stuff over to all of our entire creative team over fantasy pros. And I see Johnny Wilson, cause you can't miss Johnny Wilson. I mean, six foot six, like stacked, like strolling down the, the, the runway towards the media room. And I'm like, Oh shit, man, I want to talk to Johnny Wilson. I got some real questions to ask that dude. And somebody stopped him halfway towards the, the media room. He cut a 180 and went pew the other way and didn't see him the rest of the week. So really, okay. Damn. You know, don't know if it was an injury. That's the best thing I can guess, man. But again, like that has not been reported. So I'm not out here telling people what isn't real, what hasn't been reported. But just throwing it out there, like it, it I think he did get injured because there's no other reason why he would have left or not, you know, gone into the media room and answer questions and stuff and help his stock, you know? Right. Does does it really feel like a foregone conclusion with him, the move to tight end? So I kept asking people, I talked to scouts and, and a few of the teams, even some, some guys scouting college and stuff like that about that specifically. And I didn't get any definitive answers about the buzz on that was real or not. Um, from everybody that I talked to, they wanted to see him at wide receiver. And I understand it, man. Like the dude's got special move skills. Like, you know, what do I think his ceiling is? Like if I was the dude's agent and stuff like that, like, of course, I'd be like, look, you go and work out a tight end, your size, your frame, your athleticism, because this is a guy also that, like, in high school ran a freaking four five nine. He's not going to run slower than that. Like, I don't care if you bulked up or not. Like, in a, in a collegiate strength program, dude didn't get slower. So, you put him at that, that type of speed and stuff. I mean, my comp going into the process was Darren Waller. I'm yeah. still there. And I hope that he does move to tight end. For me, that's where the money's to be made, man. It's like you're six foot six. You're probably a round three, maybe round four guy in the NFL draft. You're going to be straight up like even the premise of him working at tight end or being a tight end would make him a round three guy, like straight up, just off off the cuff. 
So let me ask you then, if there's the potential for him to move to uh, to tight end, you saw a guy last year in Elijah Higgins who came on pretty strong towards the end of the year and started having mm-hmm. a role with the Cardinals. Like if you had to stack him up from the little bit that you saw from Johnny Wilson, like, and you were to project him at tight end, like which one would you think would have made the better one coming out? Easy, Johnny Wilson. Like him and Elijah Higgins are this again. I know I'm going to sound like I'm dismissing Elijah Higgins, but Johnny Wilson's in a whole different area code than Elijah Higgins. As far as even as a wide receiver, his movement skills at that size and his physicality, like Johnny Wilson, like I wish we would have gotten a full week from him because day one was okay, but not great. You saw some of the limitations of his game, like physicality through his routes. He was able to sit here and beat uh, physical corners through his routes, but they ask him to run boundary routes, try to stretch the field and stuff, and he can do that. But I wanted to see the dude running, and we we saw a part of this on day two before he left. When he was in one-on-ones that morning, before he left practice and we didn't see him again, he was smoking dudes in one-on-ones, like running crossers and out routes and using his size and his leverage and his speed to sit here and get loose on the middle part of the field. And a lot of the things, if he was either going to be a big slot in the NFL or as a move tight end, the things we were going to see more to his game, and he was consistently winning at those parts – so, I mean, shit, I, I would love for him to be uh, – I, I will still take stabs on him. Even if he is going to be, like, categorized as a wide receiver, I will still happily draft him in rookie dynasty drafts. I will still draft him aggressively because here's the thing. It only takes the move to tight end to, to skyrocket that type of value. And right. if you have those early drafts, if that's the case – you could get him at a massive value where later in the process, after the draft has happened, all these different things, you could be talking about a guy that jumps massively as far as where you draft him in one week or in one month versus two, three weeks down the road. He could be skyrocketing up the board either after he tests or he does move to tight end, even if that happens at some point in his rookie season. Yeah, and I think too, with like Johnny Wilson compared to uh, Elijah Higgins, the big thing for me would be, you know, Johnny Wilson just looks incredibly uh, tall of frame, and I got to imagine that's arm length is going to transfer. Like Elijah Higgins at six three versus this dude at like legitimately six 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 seven. I mean, you're talking about a mm-hmm. huge, huge target for a guy. Johnny Wilson looks like a damn pterodactyl, dude. Like, I mean, the, the wingspan <laughs> is just absolutely freaking ridiculous. Yeah, he honestly looks from what I saw on highlights and just what what clips I was able to see. He looked like mm-hmm. holy shit. This dude is. Like yes. almost like a completely lanky basketball body out there. You could just you could see. I think if you go to the tight end position, he might be someone that I care about a lot more in fantasy. It, it, at receiver, not saying he couldn't do anything, but I'd be yeah. unlikely to really um, put a lot of fantasy stock or dynasty stock into him. If you got a chance at tight end, man, um, all of a sudden I'd be a lot a lot more interested. Six six two forty at those type of move skills, oh, dude. That type so of athleticism, rare, the way rare. that I think he's going to test, you're like shit. Sign me up, because that's elite upside of the tight end position. I got some questions on some guys that I saw some hype on coming out of there mm-hmm. from other people around the space. Um, just a <clears> few <throat> of them. And you could be quick about it. You know, Tell me if they're, they're still just kind of what we thought, or you were impressed a mm-hmm. little bit, or whatever. Or not impressed. It happens. Uh, Roman Wilson was a favorite among uh, Cody Carpentier. <laughs> he could not stop tweeting about this man during the Senior Bowl. Mm-hmm. What did you think of Roman seeing him up close? I thought he was good, man. I mean, Roman, and this is – Thor kept pressing me about it the whole time we were down there in Mobile. He's like, you need to sit here and walk back your Roman Wilson takes. And, look, just for everybody out there, like, keep it in 100, 
I didn't hate Ro- Roman Wilson. My thing about Roman Wilson is I think he is going to be a very solid NFL player. I think he is going to play the slot. Maybe you see some boundary work depending on matchups. And really for him, it comes down to speed. Because can he get loose on the outside if he's asked to, if you're playing, especially versus zone, people playing off coverage, can he win in that way? Yes. Now, Roman Wilson, the other parts of his game is, you know, we, we also did see a guy that when they, they did ask him to run some boundary routes, you did see him get jammed up from time to time. And I'm not saying that he can't play the boundary and stuff, but I think he is going to be a slot wide receiver in the NFL. I think, again, and this comes to a bigger point, boys, and that, like, I don't want to, uh, and this kind of comes down to how I feel about Johnny Wilson, Javon Baker, but it, you can float this to Roman Wilson, Lad McConkey. we're probably going to talk about too, guys that had really, really good weeks in that you watch six to seven games, eight games, whatever, how much film you consume, and you look at these guys' analytical profiles, I don't want to get too far out over my skis and say, look, I'm going to sit here and ch- chuck the entire eval that I have on this dude and in the trash. Yeah. Now, if there's a guy that, like I'm talking about Tank Dell, Christian Watson, um, Puka while he was there, other guys that are Tajay Spears, guys that have gone to Mobile and just absolutely just eviscerated every defender that was put in front of them to have smashed. If you marry that type of week up with a just a, a beautiful profile, you put those two things together, then yes, like I'm not going to shut up about a dude. But like with Roman Wilson, we also have to understand that he's a guy in four years at Michigan, didn't earn more than 39 targets in any season, and we could talk about all we want to about Michigan being run heavy, but also on a per-route basis, he didn't cross 2.3 yards per route run until 2023. So it's not like I don't want to get too far over my skis for a guy that in Roman Wilson that did look really damn good at the Senior Bowl, but again, going back to the profile – Amongst every FBS wide receiver last year that had at least 50 targets, he was 178th in yak per reception. Like, that still needs context, even if he did smash during the week of practice. I like it. I like it. Um, it does really put all, overall into context what you're looking at, too. Sometimes mm-hmm. we do get a little bit too over our skis on Senior Bowl, and it's good to put it in buckets, right? Like, the guy was impressive, yep. but he wasn't. Christian Watson, holy shit, impressive. He wasn't yeah. Puka Nakua, holy shit. Like, this yep. guy is going to be something impressive. Um, so it's good to kind of remember that we can put those guys in that bucket. And you, you said right off the jump, there wasn't anybody that really stood out to you at that level. What about, like, mm-hmm. Ladd and Devontae Walker? Like, Walker was one guy I was monitoring, big favorite of mine, coming from Kent State and then playing half the season with my guy Drake May. But, like, I heard some up and downs, like the early part didn't look great, but then you see some of the uh, the speed numbers and some of the times he was cooking people out there, and you're like, oh, okay, maybe Devontae, <laughs> maybe he's making a little comeback. What was your takeaway on him? So, Tez Walker, and who was the other guy you brought up, Mike? Lad. Lad Lad. So, Lad had a, had a really strong week. I think if anybody, I think Lad has more inside-outside versatility than even Roman Wilson. And this comes down to not only route running, but play strength through the route. So you see Roman Wilson, you can jam him up. If a corner can kind of get the hands on him, he can have some issues. Lad fights through that a little bit better. Now, whether he's using arm swipes, whether he's getting guys off of him, or he's leaning into guys before he breaks out on an out route, you see some more nuance to his routes and some more physicality that I think is going to translate a little bit better to the NFL. I mean, 
look, I like Lad. Lad had a really, really good week. And out of all the guys, he's one of the guys that, like, I think he could settle in depending on what situation he goes to as a wide receiver three in an offense with the ability to maybe, maybe grow into being a wide receiver two in an offense. Not a wide receiver two overall in fantasy, but a wide receiver two in an offense. And how can he produce in that realm then I think we're talking about the right bucket for Lab McConkey. Like, I don't look at him as a guy that I ever project as being a wide receiver one in an NFL offense, having the highest ceiling at all. Like, my comp for him, and I still, I'm there, I was there before, I'm there now, after Mobile, was Danny Amendola. And people are like, man, really, mm. like, that's that's dismissive. And I'm like, no, 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 hold up, hold up now. I'm old Prime enough Danny to remember when, when Amendola had almost a 90-catch season in his second year in the freaking NFL. Now, we could talk about what he did in his career, but you cannot tell me that man doesn't didn't ball out. The problem is he couldn't stay healthy. And then he goes to all these other teams like New England who just used a committee of freaking dudes and didn't play him as a full-time guy. So I'm not being dismissive and when I comp him to somebody like that. But, like, again, getting back to the real, I think looking at Lad McConkey, I think he – he improved his stock from a fourth-round guy to a third-round guy. All this stuff you're t you're seeing, and I'm seeing mocks out there where basically like, and this is like bigger talking heads in the industry that are putting out these mocks where it's like they basically just took the whole damn senior bowl roster and put it in the top two rounds of the NFL draft. And I'm like, nah, man, come on. No, we're not doing that. Chill dude. out, like, man. I, I, Chill out, yeah. Like, you need to well, hold up now. Hold up. Yeah, and, I'm with and you. part of this comes <laughs> back to like talking about Tez Walker. Tez okay. Walker had a terrible week. Like I'm not even gonna throw it out there. Like Did I'm not gonna oh, like. Shoot. I hate it, it was a, it was a bad week, man. And this is also comes down to like being able to see these guys up close and personal. And Tez, I was not high on Tez entering Mobile. And I, but again, I'm open to, for my mind to be changed based off of other guys, like how they perform and what I thought about their games. If you're gonna show me something that I did I didn't see on film. And show me a different skill set, or maybe you've been working on things, or your build, all this different types of stuff, because there's so many freaking layers of context with it. Then I'm open to changing my mind on guys, man. But Tez Walker didn't do that for me. I look at him as a situational deep threat in the NFL. He's got um, issues, whether playing through contact in his routes, you could push him off his routes. He had drops in Mobile. You also saw like that when guys could body him up, like he wasn't getting loose. And whether it was concentration drops, problems at the catch point when he had to go up and sit here and fight somebody for the ball at the catch point, he lost that a lot of times. And this also comes down to, like I said, being down there and having boots on the ground. Tez Walker is real thin, dude. Like, legs, arms, everything. He looks kind of like a scarecrow, man. Like, he's ripped, but there's not a whole lot of muscle and stuff like that. Like, as far as, like, just whew, packed on that frame where you can expect him to you know, bully guys after the catch, break tackles, or deal with physical corners when they do get their hands on him. Yeah, it, that's what I kind of – it looked like a lot I saw was him struggling with press coverage and guys that were being yeah. physical with him right at, right up at the line of scrimmage, which, I mean, I don't know. that That's a problem, honestly, for me. Um, like, I feel yeah. like the contested catch stuff now, Don't I'm not trying to dismiss it, but if the guy can catch, I feel like maybe that's concentration. He's having a bad week. He's down on himself. I wouldn't beat it up if it was just that, but – if you're telling me he's doing that and he's having trouble getting off the line of scrimmage, he's already at the senior bowl, so that means he's you know not some stud prospect. I, I'm probably going to end up being lower on him, um, which kind of sucks. I was, I was excited And for I was him. lower on him. Yep. And I, I will throw this out as a caveat, though, because 
a player that I was extremely low on leaving Mobile, you know, going in the wayback machine, I was not high on Romeo Dobbs at all. Like, I literally went to Mobile and saw Romeo Dobbs get jammed up at the damn line where they have to stop the drill and get started over again because he couldn't even get off the line versus a corner. Hmm. So it wasn't that bad. So, I mean, there's hope, and these guys also getting into the NFL, can they continue to hone their games? Can they continue to improve? Yes. We saw that at Romeo Dobbs. Like, he's a much improved player as far as a route runner, his releases, all those different types of things in the NFL than anything that I saw in Mobile. So, is there still the hope candle for Tez, like, in the NFL? Sure. Is that a player that I'm going to be higher on than consensus? Hell no. Let me ask you then, because totally different than getting jammed up at the line of scrimmage. I mean, Xavier Leggett, the opposite of that. Um, mm-hmm. What what was your thoughts on him this week? A lot of questions in the chat on that. He So, I, I'm going to start it off with this. I do not think Xavier Leggett was fully healthy and mobile. Mm. And this is either, and I told this to multiple people and, and, and just talking to guys in the stands and stuff like that. The number one, the okay, so... First thing with Leggett, he did get injured on day three, and he left. He left. He came back, and he just watched the rest of the practice from the sideline on the early part of day three. Now, in before that, day one, day two, the first thing I noticed about Leggett was they were running agility drills in the gauntlet and stuff, and like what. So you've seen all the wide receivers go through the same damn thing. Leggett was moving gingerly. Like, he wasn't trying to get in and out of his brakes. Trump wasn't trying to, like, just push it. Like, get through that damn thing as fast as he could with as, as much explosion as he could. So he was moving at a slower pace, which means, like, okay, like, either you need to stretch or you're guarding yourself, like, with an injury, you're not feeling good, like, but you're not moving at the same speed as everybody else. Like, he's going through through that drill specifically at half speed. And... On day one and day two, he was wearing a compression sleeve on his left lower leg. Now, whether it was calf or what happy, what have you, he did. Now, the only thing I saw reported on the injury from day three, and, and take this with a grain of salt because, shit, who knows the truth? Only only Xavier and the people that were there know the truth, you know, as far as the coaches. It was, it was reported as an ankle injury, but who knows what it actually is. But with Xavier Leggett, I'm willing to give him a grain of salt with some of the things we saw because day one was bad, man. Like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Day one was bad. He looked slow. He looked clunky in and out of his breaks. He wasn't getting separation. It was a tough day. And even in some spots, like, he had a few drops. Now, day two, he looked like a totally different cat. He was out there. You saw a short area agility. You saw him able to see some of that physicality in his routes. And you also saw him separating on a consistent basis. And I'm not telling you you want every single one-on-one one-on-one rep, but if you're looking at like the guy that I saw on day 1 versus the guy that I saw on day 2 look like outside of the, like him wearing the same stuff, him looking like the same dude, like as far as physically, he looked like a totally different guy. Like I would have sworn that like it was a totally different wide receiver. So I'm not immensely high on Leggett based off of my eval and some of the things. You see flashes in his game, which can he have that type of upside? Sure. But there are also parts of his game where he still has, he's got a lot of stuff left to work on, whether it's route running, whether it's gearing down uh, on comebacks, on curls, things like that. He has to work on those parts of his game. I think there's the upside for him to do that. But as far as, like, am I going to be above consensus on him? No. But I think he showed if he would have continued along the same path as he started off day one, 
I'd have been like, oh, man, I'm burying I'm this out. kid in the ranks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm out. I'm totally out. Just okay. out, 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 out. But day two gave you hope that there can be something more, and it was closer to what you saw on film. Yeah, because he, like he, play, he plays, he plays at least for what I've seen, pretty fast and strong on film. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah. if, if day one's the concern of him moving slow, like that, I mean, that's automatically not good. Um, didn't start out the didn't start out the greatest, right? Being three inches shorter than uh, <laughs> what you. I was going to say that too. We're, we're hoping for this six three Rashad Bateman type thing. Like all of a sudden, how you how you three inches shorter, man? Come on. I was going to say that too, happened? and especially for a guy that in my eval, I legit wrote up, and people can go check them receipts. Like all my articles are still live on Fantasy Pros. Um, I literally put in my write up. He's a guy that moves like a bigger guy than he is, and in that sense. Like, sometimes, yes, that can be a good thing. Like, are you physical? But in the way that I was framing it, it wasn't a good thing. Because I'm like, if he's 6'3", he's getting in and out of his breaks and he's moving through his routes like a guy that I would have been like, if I wouldn't have known how tall he was, I would have said he was 6'4", 6'5", something like that. And then he goes and he measures at 6'1", and I'm like, oh, that's not good. All right, we'll, we'll rapid fire a couple out of these and then uh, get some of these chat questions in here and get to having a real good time. I love it. <laughs> real good. I got to ask you, we'll start at the quarterback. Penix or Knicks? Who was, your, who was the better out of the two? Neither. They both had bad weeks. They're, they're, they both had terrible weeks. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to go with we'll neither. Suck. Can I say J.J. McCarthy? There you go. Sure. Yeah, just by not having to do anything? <laughs> I mean, no, legit. Like, I fully believe that J.J. McCarthy, after those two quarterbacks, the weeks that they had in Mobile, J.J. McCarthy has set himself alone in a tier by himself as the clear QB for this class. Okay. Let me ask you then, um, the the other one I wanted to ask was, uh, was Spencer Rattler, did he look as impressive as a lot of the reports are saying? So, I'll, I'll say this about Spencer. I think there's a lot of the things that you saw from his film, as far as like those YOLO moments, the, the, the indecision, not, not the indecision, but the inconsistency in the decision-making mm-hmm. where there's literally like some plays where you're like, all right, just hold up, hold up, man. Just let him cook. Just let him cook. Like there were those plays and there were also ones where you're like, what the hell are you doing, man? Like, what, what is that? Like, why, why'd you do that? Like, where, where'd that ball go? So, that it was a microcosm of what you saw as far as his overall profile for Spencer Rattler. Like the good moments were really good. There were times where you saw some of the arm talent, whether it was tight window throws and, and some of the mobility and the ability to throw on the run. And there were other times where like, especially like day one, he misfired on a few passes. He pushed two balls down the field and he threw a bad pick. And after that on day one, it was check down city for Spencer Rattler. Like, he didn't push the ball the rest of the damn day. On day two and day three, you saw more precision and you saw more of the upside part of the Spencer Rattler entire eval. And so I think if he would have continued that much of the up and down and just yo-yoing the entire week, I would say it would have been a loss for him and he would have hurt his stock. But I think he put together two good bounce-back days on day two and day three that are going to help his stock in the NFL draft. Like, he was probably a guy that I would have said, like, entering the process, round four, round five guy. Maybe a team loves him and takes him at the top of round four. But now, I think after the week he had a mobile, I think he's in that round three, maybe round four conversation, depending on how he interviews and tests and all that kind of stuff. To me, it kind of feels like, at least from what I'm gathering, it feels a lot like Sam Howell. Um, so, w- w- what's your thoughts on yeah. that? Was it was it a lot like that, in a way? Like, kind of showing... 
upside but inconsistent throughout the week? Um, yes and no. Uh, now, my evaluation of Sam Howell when he was down in Mobile is I thought he, I thought every year that that class of quarterbacks all went to Mobile and just stunk it up. Like it was terrible. Like that entire quarterback group was horrible in Mobile. Okay. Um, Sam Howell included. And what I'll say about Sam Howell is I didn't think like. I think that if you if you put the two their two weeks up side by side, I think Spencer Rattler lapped him. I think he had mm. a way better week than Sam Howell. And the other part about Sam Howell is, and this is where evaluating him and then being immobile and looking at like one of the reasons I think he fell, and I don't have I, this is just straight up me, like I don't have context and sources and all that kind of crap. The week he had immobile, literally everybody down in Mobile was talking about, oh, sleepy Sam Howell. Like he looked like a dude that did not want to be there. Like whether it was interviews, whether it was put him on the podium, he was just flat, straight up flat, monotone. Didn't look like his entire mannerisms, man. And I'm like, that's a dude that's going to lead an NFL franchise. Shit, I wouldn't invest a top three round pick in him. And you saw he dropped all the way to the what? It was the fifth round. Fifth round. So, yep. Yep. you know, as far as like comparing their two weeks. I think Spencer Rattler rat, like absolutely lapped him, and I think Spencer. The other thing about Rattler, and anybody in the chat, plus everybody out there, like just if you ever know about his game and, and the history of what he's gone through in the college, there's also been some bad interviews with Spencer Rattler. Times where there's been video clips and things like that where he's been he's come off as cocky, he's been arrogant, and people have had things to say. I will say nothing but good things about Spencer Rattler. He was awesome with the media. He interviewed extremely well. He was super amazing with his time and how he dealt with everybody there. So as a guy that probably entered college and he was riding on the high horse, the five-star, like I'm freaking, I'm football Jesus. Life kind of dealt him a few cards that probably bumped him down a few pegs. And now he's a guy where you're just like, oh shit, like you've learned some things and now you're handling things in a more grown-up manner. And, 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 that's a, something else. It's like we put all these kids, I mean, they're 20 year old, 18 year old, 19 year old kids, like put on these mega stages in front of the entire country as like you are a phenom and all these expectations, man. So, like, some of these things, it's like we're creating our own monsters with this in, in the sense yeah. of like we, we puff up these guys. And we wonder why they have a big head and stuff like that. But Spencer Rattler, like, he was very down to earth, man. So props to him, man. Because, again, interviewing like that to the media and to NFL teams and scouts and stuff like that, you're going to get a lot of fans that way, man. Because it shows that you've gained a level of maturity that wasn't there before. Well, he had that from the jump, too. Like, if you think about it, he was uh, the star of that Netflix series, the quarterback series yep. in high school. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. They're following him around. Yep. He looked like an asshole, right? <laughs> As yep. a young kid. But then you remember this is also a seventeen year old kid you're talking and filming. Seventeen year old kid, man. You feel me when I was seventeen, I was an asshole. You feel me when I'm twenty seven, I'm an asshole. Fuck, I'm thirty seven, I'm probably still an yeah, asshole. Yeah, not 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 to be like the South Harmon brand here, but I was a total shithead when I was seventeen, <laughs> man. Like it was straight Love up. It. Like that, that's yeah, a man. fact, dude. I mean so like I wouldn't want anybody throwing out like interview clips of me as a seventeen year old. I'd have been talking out my damn head, man. I mean, and sometimes you need that uh, reality check. And if you bounce back the way it sounds like he did, I mean, yep. that, that could be a really good hard dose of reality that ends up being beneficial to a young man's career. So it would be interesting to see. I, uh, if he gets th like round three draft capital, man, I mean, I'll probably be interested in dabbling a little bit. Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll tell you straight up this, guys. Like as far as dynasty rookie drafts right now, 
Give me Spencer Rattler where he's going to go in Dynasty Rookie Drafts over Michael Penix and over Bo Nix. I'll draft him before I take, I take either one of those dudes. I'm staying away from those dudes like the plague. Like, you, you, everybody else can have them. I'm fine. Superflex, y'all take them, baby. Go ahead, man. Just let, let a wide receiver running back, let Marshawn Lloyd drop to me. Like, I'm totally here for that. Y'all grab Nix. Y'all grab Penix. Have fun with that. That's what I was going to ask you about next. I'm out on uh, Nix, man. Say Marshawn Lloyd only cost a uh, late second, early third. How many mm. shares of him in Dynasty would you have, D-Bro? You were a big fan of his I- game this uh, this past week. I'm trading into almost every rookie draft that I can to draft Marshawn Lloyd. I'm going to put that out in space right now. I'm, Let's I'm, go. I'm doing it, man. D-Bro he winner. He is a freaking stud, 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 stud. That dude is a three-down back in the NFL. I'm calling it right now. Like, I freaking love and, – and this is also throwing this out here, man. Like, I liked Marshawn Lloyd. I'm trying to pull up my, my write-up on him. I liked him coming into the process. As far as, like, after I watched his game, looking at the analytical profile on him, because, again, Marshawn Lloyd, over the last two seasons at USC, we're talking about a player that legit was top 20 in in, in each of the last two years. Top 20 in yards to contact per attempt, breakaway rate, and PFF elusive rating. So you're telling me this dude is a freaking stud anytime you give him the ball and say, go churn up, churn up yards, chew those yards up. Run over a dude, stiff arm a dude into the damn shadow realm. He's gonna do that shit. He runs, and I literally, it was so funny, man. Like, I got a chance to, to interview him, and I was like, I told Thor going into the week, I was like, I'm gonna ask him, I'm like, who hurt you, man? Like, why do you run so damn mean? Like, you run like you got a chip on your shoulder. And he was like, look, I'm from Delaware. You gotta sit here and make some noise to sit here and get recruited from Delaware. He's like, I had to go to Maryland to go play ball just to get recruited. Mm. As a guy that, I firmly believe Marshawn Lloyd, and assuming he tests well, and there is nothing that I saw down in Mobile that says to me he will not test well in the short area. He will not run like a 4-5. Now, I don't I don't know if he's going to get into the 4-4. Four, four. I asked him about I was like, what's your 40 going to look like? And he was like, you got to watch it. And I was like, fine, man. Leave us, leave us one, baby, because I need to see it. But for a guy that legit has a three-down skill set going into the NFL, I think he will – he will not go. Uh, we will not get past the fourth round of the NFL draft without his name called. And I think if he has a good pro day, if he tests well, I could see him going in round three of the NFL draft. I freaking love Marshawn Lloyd, dude, because the questions about his game leaving USC was all right. You proved yourself on early downs. You proved that you're a beast. You proved that you consider him break tackles. All the numbers are there. That that's all proven. What can you offer a team on two days in a row? We closed with Marshawn Lloyd running routes out the backfield. It was either it was day two, last rep of practice. And part of this was we also got rumblings from coaches that were down there and stuff. They wanted to see all the running backs utilized in the passing game. Hmm, wonder why. Marshawn Lloyd ran a wheel route up the damn boundary, caught a basket catch over his damn shoulder, dusting the defender, and I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. We're off I'm the in. races, baby. I'm in. I'm, not, I'm trading into every damn rookie draft I got. I'm driving all the damn Marshawn Lloyd I can get my hands on, man. I love it, man. I'm excited. I'm excited for Marshawn Lloyd. Was there was there anybody else who stood out to you? Like any uh, surprises? Maybe an under-the-radar under radar guy that you didn't really know what his game was about before he got there, or uh, even if it was a surprise on how badly, you know, somebody that you liked 
performed. So two two guys I want to definitely mention here. Um, Javon Baker entering the process when I wrote up his e- eval and stuff like that. He's a guy that popped in numbers and in film. I don't think that he had, and he was one of the guys, was him and Johnny Wilson that I was hoping just exploded down there in Mobile and started the hype train, baby. And maybe you saw them rise to like the second round like Christian Watson. Javon Baker is a guy that I'm still firmly in on. He had a very up and down week. And I, and I say this like with context that he didn't have the type of week that I was hoping he was going to have. But you still saw why Javon Baker was there. And you still saw moments where you're like, okay, this kid can freaking play. Like whether it was him setting up DBs and routes and he's a damn good route runner or what what litters his freaking tape, high point in the ball on back shoulder throws. There was a uh, the first or second rep on day three where he got loose. Um, it was either an out route or a post in the end zone. He skies over the defender and makes one of those Javon Baker type of catches, and you're like, all right, man, I see you. I see you. You're doing the same damn things you did all throughout your film, man. So Baker's a guy that I want to highlight here, and as far as like another guy that jumped out to me, Man, I entered the process, and I was super high. I had him as my number two wide receiver in Mobile as far as, like, we ranked all the guys at Senior Bowl before we went down there. Jacob Cowing really let me down, man. I was really high on him, and I've got to go back, and I've got to tweak my my write-up on him because my first sentence in that write-up is, let's let's not get it twisted. Jacob Cowing can play the outside. He can play the perimeter, and... Now that I'm leaving Mobile, and, and and again, we talk about not trying to get too far out of your skis, but getting context about how a player wins, what his skill set looks like. Jacob Cowing, the big thing I wanted to see out of him in Mobile, because, again, we talk about these measurements and shit. He was a guy listed at 5'11 and 175. He goes down to Mobile, and he measures in at 5'8, 165. And you're like, okay, well damn like maybe you can play flanker maybe you can play x if you really can get off the line you got footwork you got speed you can beat guys off the line maybe that's still somewhat in your range as like maybe you're this year's tank dell that did not happen man and how he is going to have to win in the nfl he's going to have to be strictly a slot player and the lack of physical uh strength and play strength really showed up in his game and the other part about it is even if he wasn't going to have, like you cannot be a strong dude. If you got foot speed and you got quickness, you can win with speed releases off the line. Like that's totally fine, man. But he doesn't have enough of like, there's not a trump card in his bag of tricks where he can like say, I can beat you. And this is the way I will consistently win as an outside wide receiver or a 50, 50 wide receiver that rotates inside and outside. So for cowing, I entered Mobile with him as my wide receiver, too. I exited Mobile with he was the fourth lowest-ranked wide receiver that I had coming out of Mobile. Wow, Ooh. massive faller. That, that's yeah. a kick right in the balls. That was one of my favorites heading into the, that week, too. Dude, and then I saw the measurements I loved come him. in, and I tried not to be the uh, be the size uh, snob anymore, especially <laughs> yep. after last year. You know, HN, mm-hmm. Tank Dell, Keaton Mitchell had moments, right? And all of a sudden, Zay Flowers producing like a number one wide receiver and you're like okay size is kind of out the window if you can fucking play you can play i don't really care too much ball you can ball man it's a little disappointing but then to hear that you know 
he couldn't do anything really impressive. No, at that he got he like, got okay, bodied, man. He got bodied in routes. He got bodied on the line. And and to Daniel's point here in the chat, um, dude, nobody wanted to line up against Tank Dale last year. Nobody. I, and I mean like nobody. Like corners, corners. <laughs> shit was so funny. Corners tried to press Tank Dale, didn't work. Corners tried to play off Tank Dale, didn't work. Corners tried to mi mix and match the two. They like. Didn't work. Like Tank Dell was just like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm whooping your ass no matter what you do. Like <laughs> that was just straight up. And that's where I come back to. There was nobody in Mobile that put on that type of performance this year where they just said, "Look, this is my show. You're lucky to have watched it." Yeah. No. No. Nobody basically turned heads like that. I mean, you've seen mm -hmm. some dominating performances too, and those guys typically have, you know, given you some some legit turnover like when you go to the nfl level if you stand out that much in the senior bowl no, typically you're not going to be like a complete flop so um yeah. all right all right mike any of the questions man on the, on the uh, senior bowl itself uh you know i'm a tight end guy was there any tight end out there that was at uh, least a little bit impressive that we should pay attention to and i'm talking like you know for rookie draft purposes third fourth fifth round like those kind of dudes where you're like okay this guy he had some some flashes or whatever you see a little talent there so there's three guys I'll bring up here, um, two, two, two in a good way, and one I will not draft in rookie drafts. Um, Theo Johnson, I didn't have high expectations for him coming into Mobile. I couldn't find any all-22 on him. And just from his analytical profile, I was like, okay, maybe there's something there, maybe not. And so I was flying blind on him going into Mobile. Like I didn't know what to expect out of that dude. Because I'm not – I'm sorry, I'm not writing up – eval is based off a highlight film on freaking youtube i'm not doing that shit so if i can't find all 22 i'm not writing you up just straight up that's what it is and so for theo johnson he really he crushed the week man he absolutely crushed the week he he performed he was solid in all the blocking drills and stuff he won most of his one-on-one -on -one reps like he he rarely lost any one on one reps. Now, it, does he got is he a guy that is going to project with the highest ceiling in the world in in NFL and for fantasy purposes, just from a physical standpoint? No. Can he develop into being a guy where could he develop and be like a, a solid tertiary option, like a third option in an NFL passing offense, and and get red zone work and be a guy that maybe sneaks in as a top 15 guy in fantasy from the tight end position. I could see that in his range of outcomes, but I don't project the high ceiling, but he had a, he had a fabulous week, man. Um, I butchered his freaking name the entire week. So apologies, Ben, but Ben Sinat, Ben Senate, like I've heard it said both freaking ways. Um, so again, apologies if I'm screwing up your name, but I really liked what I saw out of him. Good movement skills. He was solid through his routes, one one-on-ones. He had a tough day, too, though, with drops. Um, so that kind of dinged him. But I still think that there's some fantasy upside and goodness, and I'm sorry to anybody that, like, if you hear all the stuff like, well, maybe he's going to be an H-back in the NFL. Hmm, we don't know. Like, throw all that shit out the window. Like, people are throwing that to his name and putting the H-back um, as far as that moniker on him, because he was used as the lead blocker. He was used as a fullback. He was using the backfield to block. To me, the way that I look at that, that kid can block his ass off. And that was the same damn shit you saw Penn State do with Pat Fryermuth when he came out. He was using the backfield. He was used as a lead blocker because he could freaking plow the road. And so that's what Kansas State did. They put him in there and said, look, go manhandle somebody and open up space for the running back. Yes, sir, coach. Gotcha. And he does it. So as... 
a guy that I think is going to project fully as a tight end, I have some interest there. And one guy that I'm totally out on, you can count me out on Jaheim Bell. Like, I'm, I'm no, no, mm. no, no. And, <clears throat> okay. And this really – like, I was high on Jaheim Bell just based off of his profile going into Mobile. His film was okay. It wasn't amazing. But you look at Jaheim Bell – and the reason I was so enamored with his profile, man, like we're talking about a guy that over the last three seasons in college has literally finished amongst all tight ends with 20 or more targets. He has finished top 12 in every damn year and yak per reception and missed tackles forced. So I'm like, shit, you're a force with the ball in your hands, man. Like you can go make some shit happen. He didn't look nearly explosive enough. He didn't look sudden in his routes. And yes, did he win some of the one-on-ones? Did he have some moments? Sure. But... We're also talking about a guy that we're going back to the measurables here. If you don't have, he's six one, man. If you don't have a special sauce, like elite speed testing out the damn gym and that kind of shit shows up on the field at six one, you're not going to play tight end in the NFL. You might play a big slot wide receiver, but the problem with him at that size and probably how he's going to test, he's a tweener guy. That's really not going to have much of a definitive role in the NFL, so I'm out. Yeah. He, you're really looking at a, what, Josiah DeGuara type? And yep. that's uh, not the most sexy thing for fantasy, right? I mean, six, <laughs> like six, a, like a, six a, one a poor it? man's Janu Smith. A small, like Janu's slower little brother. I a mean, shittier Delaney Walker. Well, I was going to say, to be, to be, that's exactly right. If you're going to... If you're going to be six one and make it, you got to yeah. be like you got to be as good or athletic as Delaney was, and that's just super yes. rare. You basically never see that. It's rare, right? extremely yeah, you, rare. You, you don't go, you don't go looking for zebras, man. So for me, yeah. I, I'll, I will happily if he hits and I'm wrong. Kudos, Jaheim. Like all all power to you, man. But as far as his profile and what I saw and all those types of things and how I project him to to test at that size, I just yeah. I don't see the path. Yeah, he's an outlier you don't want to be betting on, I don't think, honestly. Um, all right, we got Corey in the building. Let's go. Bang. Boom. Let's go. Let's go, man. What it do, baby? Can't wait to see Mike on the course in August for the inaugural shit scramble. Huh? Not a chance. Zero chance that happens. <laughs> really? I don't golf, man. That, that ain't me. Man, the guy can't Not even, even su- top golf? Can't even support his own no. brand. You know, it's all right. Okay. Not I even top that. golf. Like go go there, grab a drink, and knock the shit out of the ball. Come on! All you really got to do in a scramble is just you know ride around, get get drunk. That's, yeah, that's like right up your alley. You know, it's Canton, Ohio. It's gonna be on like a Tuesday. I'm sure I'll find something to do. Exactly. You, you could you could be the designated putter. Like can you can you whoop up some putt putt golf? Oh, like you could I just can, be the I could the... putt putt. Okay, exactly. so why not? There you have you're, it. You're not right? you're not the guy off the tee. But when they get close to the tee, all right. Let's bring in the ringer, baby. Come on. Bring it, bring in our money guy. Let's go. Line it up. He's got <laughs> yep. it. First, I'm first John one up. Daly man. the fuck out of that putter. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, see? You, Mike's gonna end up having a blast. Don't 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 worry about his, you know, negativity right now. Okay. Um, I already already foresee a, a long day of putting and uh extremely bright uh sunglass line from the sunburn from the from all the golf mike's gonna play oh yeah he's gonna have an awesome an awesome suntan it's gonna be great and you know i'll be hammered the whole time oh that's no questions about that might not feel the burn but still gonna be there baby oh it's gonna be there oh by the way adam i didn't get to tell the audience too but i'm extremely excited 
I okay. got some like Siberian Zins coming in this week. Oh, really? Some, like some 50 milligrams. Let's go. We're going to the fucking moon, boys. <laughs> Siberian? Yeah, dude. They had to go through customs. I got like 50 notifications <laughs> from UPS about like <laughs> the kid inspected by the government before the release of them. Like, oh, this is. They, had to, they had to run it past the dogs on the way in. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this, this is exactly what we came for, buddy, right there. <laughs> Mike never, when he puts some shades on, man, he rarely disappoints. Very rarely. Um, this is some Indiana I mean, Jones shit. Like, it comes in like a wooden case. It gets like crowbarred out and stuff. Like, they're. They, you think, it's think in a giant warehouse. Things, like these are just sixes. Now imagine, imagine taking that to fifty. Fifty. <laughs> I'm gonna be an astronaut. I was fixing to say you're you're gonna orbit the moon, man. I'm kind of looking forward to it, honestly. Um, oh, maybe, I'll keep it a can here so we can do live next week on AMA, right? Boom. All right. Try it. All, say, I, all I heard was Adam is carrying the entire show. <laughs> I mean. That's Adam, you right? ready for a solo show? You, I know you got your solo pod now. You ready for a solo show? That's what. That's why we've been practicing, man. It's, sometimes you need to be ready to go. You know, even when you're not called on. Um, you gotta be prepared for all instances, man. Some, sometimes <laughs> it's been a long time, D bro. Uh, this goes back like to the early days. There was one time Mike was. We were doing a Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes. I hate to put this out there, but it, it's worth a going back and looking. Definitely. Man, this dude. This dude was like torn up to the point where we're recording. I'm like, man. I almost feel like I should stop him because this is just crazy. <laughs> but at this point, like we're already halfway through, and it's going to be fucking awesome for the audience. So fuck it. Let's lean into this thing. Yeah. It's been a long time since we've been to that point, though. That was that was fantastic. Derek, that night I pissed on my own bathroom floor. <laughs> we recorded like three shows, all right? And I had to pee in between one of them, so I went to the bathroom. I forgot to turn on the light, and I was just like, fuck it. We're going to roll with it. And I'm sitting there, and I'm peeing, and all of a sudden my foot is wet, and I can't uh, figure out why. And then I look down, and I go, uh-oh, I missed uh, I okay. missed everything. So, you know, right. just mm. left dude, it, dude. <laughs> went back to doing the, content, you know? Like, you can't quit. The, the PSA there for everybody out there at home is, if you ain't got no aim on it, just piss into the tub, man. Like, it's going to catch everything. Like, there like, you go. like for real, like, yeah. you can't miss like you hit the yeah. wall, it goes down to the tub. You hit the tub, it's in the tub. Like that was a good idea. Mike, I like, come just on, used man. Just use the stand-up shower. I just use the stand-up shower. <laughs> the, only, the, the only problem is that's like in that moment, assuming that you know we got brain function and things to like. Okay, maybe I There's shouldn't no pee here. It, it, he was well past that point. Um, that it was fan, that it thought was never crossed his mind, man. Hell, he's no. just like I gotta go, and wherever I'm at, it's gonna. It, I'm honestly, I'm honestly kind of amazed he remembers pissing on his foot like that. Um, oh, you don't forget a thing like that when you get your ass chewed by your wife the next morning. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, I I ruined her night with the pee on the floor in the morning, but before that, like I went to bed, I laid down for like three minutes, and then I got up and I was like, oh, we're gonna vomit. So I ran I, to I have our a bedroom I have a bathroom question, and teacher. woke her up doing it. Yeah, it was bad. Oof. Go ahead. So, so here's my question, because uh, inquiring minds need to know. Um, did you wake up hungover in the morning to your wife finding the piss on the floor? Or was this yeah. like something that happened in the middle of the night while you were still drunk? Or was that what you no. woke up like? She went in, she she went into the bathroom innocently, like, ah, oh, man, you know, I gotta get ready for work. But look, what the hell is this? Like, how so, how did that whole transpire? I need I need the quick like 
the real the, quick, yeah. like cliff the notes. quick story is I worked I all day. I would this too. Yeah. And it was in it was in the middle of summer. It might have been like a July day, and I yeah, was, was sweating to death. Yeah. And I didn't drink shit for water. I barely had anything Ooh. to eat. I came home, I ate dinner, and then we had a big night of content. So we just drove right into it. So I pour up with the vodka like I normally do. And after the first one, I was like, damn, this thing is hitting like a truck. You know, I was dehydrated as fuck, <laughs> right? Just putting alcohol straight in there. <laughs> I had the second one for the second show, and I was like, oh, man, I think I'm drunk. And I was like, well, no way. Like, I never get drunk off of two. Like, uh. I need at least three. So I did the third one, and that was the worst mistake <gasps> ever. So I pissed on the floor. I went to bed about midnight. I couldn't sleep right away because everything was spinning. I vomited all oh. over our bathroom. Right? I cleaned that up, but she had already woken up at that point. She's pissed off. She's like, it's a fucking Tuesday night. You got to work tomorrow. What the fuck is wrong with you? And I'm like, uh, okay. So when I woke up in the morning, she gets up a little bit before I do. I had to be up at 5 a.m. She's up at 4.30 to work out in the basement next to the piss bathroom. At 4.45, her ass is upstairs like, get your fucking ass out of bed. <laughs> you got piss all over the floor down here. And I'm still cleaning up vomit from last night. There ain't no way you're not going to work today. And I was like, oh, this day's starting great. Adam, I done fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> imagine imagine being that dehydrated and then you got bodily fluids getting you in trouble in multiple places. Like that's a that's a bad Just recipe, terrible. buddy. And, and and what was this? You said last year this happened? This was twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two summer. We're we're all old enough to at, at this point in our lives that we can all say that like hangovers at this stage of life hit a little bit different than when you hit it when you're eighteen or twenty. You know, like I, I feel like it's a little bit different. Dying. You get that like quite a bit three three day hangover where you just hate life for the first two days and the third day you're like, oh man, I remember what food is. It sounds good now. Yeah, I was kind of uh, razzing Mike like the next time when we started recording and he wasn't drinking. He's like, nah, trust me, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still recovering from. I'm still recovering. All right, man. We're, we're let's get to a couple questions before we uh before we just take. I mean, we we could end up talking Mike's drunkenness or Zen the entire show. Yeah. All right, guys. Real quick, let's get to a couple questions at least. One hundred two, one hundred seven, one hundred nine. Mike, you're not that drunk yet. Um, nope. For to send all three of those picks for Justin Jefferson in a fourteen team, are you? No chance. No way. Nah, one hundred two yeah, already in a fourteen team. teamer. No way in hell. Four, 14 team 102 honestly like that that quarterback's probably going to end up be going not much behind Justin Jefferson in a 14 team startup frankly yep. and then you're adding in 107 and 109 nah in 14 team you also need depth so no. grimy grimy three stay grimy don't don't let this happen man uh, I wouldn't even scenario, let Mike right? do this drunk Caleb's the, the 101 the 102 in a 14 team it's a tough case to make but you can make a case for Marv Marv and Jefferson are pretty close already Best case scenario, like you could, if you really want a Jefferson in a lineup league, you could send the 102 and 109. But I, there's no way I'm adding another first in this class. Period. Nah, no I'd, chance. I'd counter with the 107 and 109 and put some kind of like little sweetener, like build this thing out for like as like a three for two trade, like Jefferson and like some kind of kicker, whether that's like a speculative ad player, if it's tight end premium, like you taking a shot on a tight end or like a third or something like that. Like I'd build this out to kind of like kick that value down. Like I, I would counter like with something built around the 107 and 109 with something on top. 
Absolutely. By the way, Steve Steve says this is the most relatable non fantasy contact. Appreciate that. Fizzle, We've all been Fizzle, there, Steve. We've all Fizzle been there, says baby. Expo Mike has arrived at home. That's very true. <laughs> and uh Trip Crown Fizzle, says going boy. back to Adam Solo Pods. Lesson learned. Drink water. And uh you know what? Absolutely. A hundred percent Mike learned Mike's that lesson. Mike's just giving buddy. you content for next week's episode. That's all he's <laughs> doing right now. Exactly, man. <laughs> why, why do you think I use so much ice now? <laughs> There's water. There's water. He does, too. I tell you what, my, I have seen Mike get a good level, but I have never even seen him get close to that point since. And um, I, I haven't seen myself get close to that. Not, not even oh, at the expo, honestly. Like nope, You, you got pretty at drunk the at the expo, but not to that level, man. You That... You were slurring to a point like I'm like, oh, this dude is donezo. It was brother. the greatest trade show in history, too. I'm pretty sure that was the last oh, episode we recorded. The trade show, night. bro. The crazy part was the trade show. I remember at the end, you were kind of like to the point where uh, we just had that that little quick, uh, you know, player short to do the comparison. The um, what was it called? Uh, uh, name brand off. Name brand off yeah, brand. Yeah, with Jalen Hurts and pa- Patrick Mahomes, man. So I'm like, this is a 10 minute video. He can he can knock through it. Let's just say that wasn't 10 minutes. Anywhere close to 10 minutes, frankly. It was longer than that by a good bit, and um, it was fun. Go back and check it out, man. If you want to go do a deep dive, if you want non-relatable fantasy content, that gives you both. Relatability and fantasy uh, content from 22. We I called Jalen Hurts being close to Patrick Mahomes. Mike was just hammered. So I didn't have the so, shades, and I can guarantee at some point during that video, I was probably doing the one-eye drunk thing, you know, when you can't really focus with two eyes. Where shit so gets dizzy, and you're like... <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Mike was talking a little closed eyes at time, too, like, you know, really, really leaning into it. So, <laughs> so r- real talk, Adam. Did you send him any dynasty trades, like knowing what kind of shape he was in? Like, you know what? Get those fast, those quick accepts from McNutted. I'll like, tell you one thing, on man. <laughs> that, that, that's where sometimes Mike and I are different, man, because I know when I'm that drunk, oh, Mike has, Mike has Kyle pitched me. You know, Mike has given me the full fledged, <laughs> yes. the full fledged. No, man. I'm out here just like trying to make sure he didn't embarrass himself too bad on the show, which I didn't, I wasn't able to change. I should have absolutely sent him something crazy, man. It's all right. Too Again, lesson learned, right? The problem is we've, I haven't seen like any. We've all had drunk dynasty trades. We made at 2 a.m. that we wish we could get back, dude. Just, it is what it is. I know I have. And and I'll say Mike hasn't gotten to the point of that level of drunkness. Otherwise, this time he will be getting taken advantage of. But uh, we'll, <laughs> You already we'll, got me on Puka and QJ, all right? But that's sober shit, man. That's, not, that's different, you know? <laughs> that's sober me being an idiot. All right, 12-team. PPR, uh, hey, boys, won a championship. Nice. Traded away Kyron Diggs, Pop Douglas, and Mechie. For Tank Dell and Pacheco, thoughts? I don't know about this, brother. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't have done that. I mean, Pop me, Douglas and Mechie like, aren't really like a big part of it, but like, no, I, I look I, at this as straight up like Kyron and Diggs for Tank Dell and Pacheco is the way to look up, look at that. Yeah, and if I just look at startup ADP, like I, th- I feel like this is, um, I I feel like you're you're really really worried about Stephon Diggs making this type of a trade. Uh, would it be I guess the way I would view it. I don't. This this also feels like really, Mike. Well, this okay. also feels yeah. like buying high on Pacheco. Like, what's to keep him from getting cucked? Like, they they bring in another guy in the draft, mid round guy. Like, I know he's been good, but <clears throat> is he still going to be the guy? Like, in the next two years for Kansas City? I, I, for me, I'm I'm not really sold on that man. Like, he's been good, but nothing special. I, I like him, but I'm there, there's no like guaranteed certainty with him. Well, mo- most running backs, to your point, I I agree. Um, I, I guess here's the thing: is like realistically, what do we view as the difference between Tank Dell and Stephon Diggs? For example, if I just look at startup ADP, Mike, Tank Dell's a five hundred three and Stephon Diggs is a six hundred six. 
the difference in Kyron and uh, Pacheco was a 311 to 607. But yep. the the big thing, I guess, becomes how much do you really view differently Kyron and Pacheco? And is it worth getting younger by a significant amount of receiver, right? That, that's the key point for me. After doing last night's episode on running backs and just how risky they are from top to bottom, no matter what we feel yeah. about them right now, the difference between Ky- uh, Kyron and Pacheco, like, D, bro, you were just talking about could Pacheco get – fuck, Kyron could get replaced. They could draft another guy and bring him in. I know he was amazing for him, But Cam Akers at one point was amazing for that Sean McVay oh, offense, and then he just said, fuck There's some differences there. There's some differences, differences there. yes. There, yes. There's some big differences there, man. Like one of them Cam being Akers pass even, blocking. Cam, Aker, Cam Akers even at his, at his high point, and, I, and this is from somebody who was over the moon on Cam Akers, okay? Cam Akers, even at his high point, was never given that full Todd Gurley role. Kyron got that in spades, dude. And to me, okay, so I would feel differently about Kyron if after the injury he came back and you saw maybe the Rams ran it as a 70-30, a 60-40, 65-35 type Mm -hmm. of split. Dude, he went right back into the same damn role he left from. Like, he was the dude. He played, like, 90%, 100%. I don't know if he can hold up to that type of workload, but seeing what the Rams did after he came back from injury and how much they leaned on him and how, honestly, like, I'm going to straight up say, like, I was never a Kyron believer up until this season. And the other part about that, like, people can wag their tails about about being in on Kyron and all that kind of shit. Let's keep it 100 here. The Kyron Williams you saw this year is not the Kyron Williams you saw in his rookie season. It is not the Kyron Williams that you saw at Notre Dame. You could pop, you could puff your chest out and say all the things you want to. That dude looked like a different guy this year. And the Rams, the other part I'll bring up here too about Kyron is they fundamentally changed up their entire run game scheme around him. We're talking about a team that used to be wide zone, stretch zone, things like that. They got they ran more power, they ran more duo, they ran more gap, and a lot of that was all because of Kyron. Because that's what he was he doesn't have that type of explosive lateral agility where he can run stretch in the NFL and get to the edge consistently. But you put him in a gap where I mean you put him in a scheme where he's asked to get downhill and be explosive and break tackles in that way. One, he looked like a different dude. And two, they fundamentally changed their entire offense really to kind of fit what he does well. Yeah, I so think a lot of it is just holistically for me at the running back position, right? Both of them, I don't disagree with that. Risk, both of them carry risk just inherently from being running backs, and it's not like yes. we don't have some concerns about Kyler, especially on the injury front. Now, this is three major injuries that we've seen from him that have caused him to miss time. This last one doesn't really count because it was in the playoffs with the fractured forearm or whatever, whatever kept him mm-hmm. out of that. Basically, the third and fourth quarter of the of that playoff game but he's had some injury concerns he's on the smaller side we've seen him get banged up his rookie year he had that foot fracture um then you saw him miss time this season as well there's just not too much difference for him if i'm going to bet on production if i'm going to look at dynasty value not that i don't think Diggs can produce still like i think maybe we hate him a little mm-hmm. bit too much but there's a yeah. fuck ton of people in my leagues who are going to be interested in the Tank Dell and not a lot of people who are going to be willing to buy in a Stefan Diggs. So the gap between those two is much bigger than the gap between Kyron and Pacheco and the Pop Douglas and Mechie thing I could care less about. <laughs> just I, yeah, send those they were just, 
they were just whatever kind of filler stuff to get somebody to say yes. Like that's all that was. Now look, I'll be I'll, the, I'll, the lone dissension here. I don't mind the trade. Like I don't. I don't hate it at all. Well, this okay. is a good. This is a good d- d- discussion point, honestly. Because Mike, I think here's what I will say about it. Okay, I get where you're at holistically, and I'm. I can I can definitely get behind why you might make this trade, if, especially if Pop Douglas and Mechie to you just are fluff that you're throwing into the deal. Here's my thing. One, okay, Diggs as an asset is less flexible to trade, but if you're holding, I don't necessarily know that um, next year Diggs is going to be worse off than Tank Dell, frankly. Now, I definitely get that it, it that he is a much more tradable piece right now, Tank Dell. He's a lot more exciting, and everyone's cold as ice on, on Diggs. The one thing I, I like, I don't think people quite understand, and what we were chasing with Cam Akers was what we saw in spurts of basically taking this, uh, you know, Sean McVay running back that he loves and trusts. Now, to Debro's point, like they did actually change some of the scheme they ran this year, but one thing that we know about McVay is, at least I from watching, he doesn't like to show his hand and have a guy like Cam Akers out there, which is going to not be what he feels comfortable pass blocking, and then. Anytime you're in there, he's running, and you almost know that he's a run run guy. Like Kyron Williams, I don't think people really realize this. If I'm going to bet on a running back, the one thing I want to bet on, Mike, and we know this is like a Christian McCaffrey type, a Saquon Barkley type that's literally out there all the time, I don't think people really quite understand that Kyron Williams led the entire NFL at the running back position in snap percentage this year. 82%. Nobody. Not, not Christian McCaffrey this year who was getting out there all the time. No one is in that like range. So if I was to say for the gap in that flexibility, I'm not going to say it's a necessarily a move that is always going to win out for you. But if I if I view, like, I don't know that I've ever seen since Gurley somebody that McVay has leaned on like this. And if he's still around, if I'm valuing it in a one-year window, Kyron Williams to me could be, like, I don't want to draft him at, three, at 311, right? But in this type of a trade, I might be willing to do it because it's Pacheco who I like. But Kyron has league-winning upside at that type of potential of snap share. Yeah, okay. I don't, I don't disagree with that. And the one thing I'll add on top of this is, I mean, even if you want to go back to warp and things like that, like Pacheco's not moving the needle that much for you, man. Diggs will, and like to me, the the difference between Kyron and Diggs and Tank Dell and Pacheco to me, you're getting younger, but we could make the case about Stefan Diggs is not an easily moved type of dynasty asset. Dude, we could say the same shit for Isaiah Pacheco. Like, who's out there clamoring to get Pacheco on their damn team? Not me. Nah, probably not. You're probably holding him, too. Yeah, I would agree. But just this, just this past year, right, while we're on the subject, though, of Warp, mm-hmm. if you had to guess, like, what's the difference between per game, Warp per game, difference between Diggs and Pacheco this past season? Like, what'd they give you? Diggs versus Pacheco? Um, yeah. D- Diggs, Diggs, was, ba- Diggs was bad this year, so I bet you it wasn't a little bit higher. Yeah. Was it worth? Well, the the other part about it, Diggs, his season was a tale of two halves. So, first half half Diggs, first half Diggs, if you look at the totality of his season, there might not be that much difference. First half Diggs would bury him. Second half Diggs, Pacheco's winning it. I would agree with that point, too. Yep. Yeah, you're you're like a hundredth off between the two. Yeah, because Diggs was like a freaking wide receiver four or five for the last like six weeks of the season. So it absolutely skews his entire season, to be honest. Right. So if I'm just looking at production, like they're both fairly similar, at least this last year, holistically throughout the season. Right. One of them just happened to disappear when you really needed them. 
wanted to count on him in the fantasy yeah, yeah. playoffs. So that's why the Diggs was on, on a, him. Diggs was on a milk carton, man, no doubt. Right. I right. mean, the, the way I would look at it, though, if I'm looking at it from a war perspective, now, typically I'm not looking to go capture, like, guys that I want to hold all the way through the season but if I was to try to capture warp the combination of Kyron um like Kyron alone is the one that actually was doing something in warp last year now we can't necessarily project that every year to be that way but like Kyron as far as warp goes man he, he's Mike Evans and you know the elite guys in warp last yep. year and if he's going to keep that whirl um he'd be one of the few running backs Mike I don't want to draft him in a startup in the third round but for this type of a price I think I'd be I'd be willing to uh to probably take this trade on now i'm not going to say anybody got crushed in this deal i think it's a very good talking point we just kind of went through like i could see it for both yeah. sides you know i really could i just personally think even, i'd be willing to I'm, take Kyron. i'm not even like the biggest tank dell guy but you know if right. i'm faced with the choice in the third round of taking Kyron or tank dell i'm taking tank dell every day of the week I'm not even thinking about I, it. so the other the other way that i view this deal um is that i think in a lot of instances could we also say if you were to strip this deal down to its basic parts, a lot of times, like just to get Kyron, considering where he's valued right now, you could straight up say you'd have to trade Tank Dell and Pacheco just to get Kyron. And In so a startup Diggs value, yes. A, mm -hmm. And Diggs is Diggs is the the gravy on top of it. So like if you get the Diggs side, you could say I'm going to hold Kyron for right now, or I'm going to hold Kyron like he's a he's a foundational piece if you view him that way based off of warp, based off of his age, based off of the role and all that kind of stuff. And I'll just hold digs, let let the, the cards fall as they may, and whenever he's a wide receiver one still in Buffalo or wherever he lands, I'll sell him in season. And whether that's a 25 first or a 25 second, that's where I'll get on top of this trade. Yeah, I, I definitely think from a startup value standpoint that the Kyron side wins out now. Basically, it's it's. I think it's a matter of Debro kind of just laid it out. You're going to end up holding those two guys. I think for the most part, where the other yeah. side probably offers a little more flexibility with just Tank Dell, not necessarily the running back. Um, all right, good. That's a good. That's a good conversation, man. That's a, we went in depth on that one. I love that type shit, man. Sure love did. it. All right, let's go to this one. Um, Office Depot's back. I'm stacked. One to, oh wait, never mind. I'm pulling up the same <laughs> damn. Wait, let's keep talking about it, you know? Roll the clip. Roll the clip. D-Bro, <laughs> is there a range of picks you are targeting now to try to get ahead before DC and landing spots? You mentioned, like, seconds for Lloyd and anybody else. I think I'm trying because you, you're you going to have to give up your firstborn to probably get, like, somewhere in the mid or high end first. Like, you, and nobody giving those up, and you're going to have to overpay to get them at this point. You know, so if you're going for that, you know, have at it. But for me, at least, and I'm still early on ev evaluating this class. So a lot of the secondary receivers, hell, even the top guys, like I've gotten through the senior bowl guys of this class so far, but looking how this class is kind of shaking out in my mind's eye right now, I could see myself trading into or acquiring a lot of seconds in this class or early thirds because you can get those as throw-ins for trades. And there's a lot of guys in that second round conversation. I think like Marshawn Lloyd is, is – is damn interesting. He's going to go somewhere in the second round. But there's a bunch of other running backs that I think could surprise from this class. There's other wide receivers that if they get the draft capital could surprise. Like, again, just because I'm senior bowl centric right now, like talking about Marshawn Lloyd and Javon Baker, they're guys that are going to go in the third or fourth round of the NFL draft. I think Baker and, and Lloyd both go in the third round of the NFL draft. And they're going to be somewhere in the mid to late second. Maybe Baker falls in the top end of the third um, seeing where he's going to go. Um, so for me, 
good luck trying to get any firsts in this class, like trading for those or what have you. That that shit's basically probably impossible in a lot of sharp leagues right now, or you're going to have to overpay. So for me, I'm going to go out and try to get a lot of seconds and maybe some early thirds and stuff like that and cobble together. Like if I can get two thirds in the rookie draft, I'm going to use those to trade into the second round because I think there's probably going to be a nice little honey hole of guys in the late to mid second whether we want to talk about the Bakers, the Lloyds, the Johnny Wilsons of the world that I think offer very interesting profiles with some upside right now. I love it. I love it, man. Um, yeah. All right. Mike, uh, 12 team, Superflex, start 11. Okay, we got uh, Gabe Jaden Daniels, Brian Thomas, and Mark Andrews for Puka in an early 25 first. I have Hurts, Burrow, Drake May, Levis, uh, tight end I have McBride, and Mayer. I still need a wide receiver one. So you're giving up you're giving up Daniels, which right now is like one oh three, let's call it ish. Brian Thomas, like one oh eight ish, and Mark Andrews for Puka in early twenty five. That's I, I love Puka, but damn it, that's buying high. In super in one quarterback, yeah, I think it's probably fair. And in, in super flex, couldn't do that. I couldn't it, do that. It feels pretty rich, man. Um like I, I I'm with I'm with I know what what Daniels. You should have been able to get this deal like. done for Brian Thomas and Mark Andrews just straight up for Puka. I think that that would have been a fair trade. Yeah, I mean, the other thing, too, is like I, I've seen in these type of trades, Mystic, where maybe you know it where it's not this way. I've seen where someone says they're getting an early 25 here, but you don't really necessarily factor in what can happen in a year. And if don't that's know. not 101, 102, we're not even having a relative discussion. Like, it, it's not yes. even close at that point. So yeah. sometimes I think in this scenario, unless you guarantee me that this is like 101, like this team is basically about to be orphaned. Um yeah, I probably don't want to do this, man. Like, and I love Puka. I, I'm as high as you probably can get on Puka. I'm at like wide receiver six, I think, in Dynasty. But yeah, I, follow, nah, follow same. I can't do this. Follow same. me hypothetically too. Jaden Daniels gets top six NFL draft capital. Yeah, Jaden Daniels goes before Puka in every single startup that you're in. He, he's yep. he, at minimum Super even, and he's probably going ahead of him. To your point, yes, I would he, agree. Yes, Jane Daniels, when you when it, when you sift out, and that's a good point on, on as far as like quarterback rankings. Like when you pull up, like you know, just where you're ranking guys in <clears throat> Dynasty. Like we talked about how shaky it is for like just the running back position. Shit, man, go look at quarterback right now. Like when you get past like the the entire tier of like Burrow, Stroud, like you want to put Purdy there or not? That's a conversation in its own right. But when you get to these tier three quarterbacks, like who do you feel good about like? After, like, if you're in on Jordan Love, like, after the top eight, nine quarterbacks, like, who are you really in on? Like, Dak Prescott, what happens to Justin Fields? Like, what's going to happen to Justin Herbert with Harbaugh there? Like, a bunch of these guys, it's like, yeah, man. Jane Daniels is going to be a first round startup pick. Like, straight Dude, up. Dude, like, that's like, what I was first saying. Round. We, we just had a. Like he will be. Our first video BDGE drop for Dynasty, we were talking about projecting like startups, right? And right now, the pick three is going at 301. And I said, there's no way that continues. And it's probably no. going to be at minimum nope. a second round. And I honestly think, here, here's, the, here's the reality. In startup ADP, you'll see right Wait, now, the, one, the 112 is Anthony Richardson. And tell me right now, when Jaden Daniels locks in, to Mike's point in this scenario, Jaden Daniels locks in top six draft capital? The only difference between A. Rich and Jaden Daniels, you could say A. Rich is probably like sturdier, bigger athlete, maybe even needs better in like the combine. But there's really not much difference other than the ones coming off of shoulder surgery to his actual throwing arm versus the other guy's high end upside. There's there's no way he's not close to a first round pick, if not in the first round, frankly. So um, 
him. And you're seeing what you're, you're seeing Puka right now at the 208, and he's probably not going but much higher than that. Here's no, the thing, and I mean and people like, people don't people go, go don't ahead, like to hear ahead. this, Derek. They don't like to hear it, mm-hmm. right? But if you could guarantee me right now, right, Caleb Williams is the first pick, and Drake May maybe mm-hmm. went three, or, or Jane Daniels goes four, maybe he goes mm-hmm. two to the Commanders. If he that could. happens, there's going to be a lot of super flex rookie drafts where people take Jane Daniels as the 101 because of one yes. thing. Rushing, rushing quarterbacks in yep. Damn fantasy right. football Damn have right. that elite floor. You see it every single year. There's a reason that a Josh Allen or a Jalen Hurts separated themselves so much from everybody else the rest of this year because they're punching in a touchdown every single week on the ground. Right? They already start yep. with six fucking fantasy points. You have to be elite efficiency. You got to have an insane Joe Burrow season. You have to be Patrick Mahomes and throwing for 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns to reach that that threshold that a Jalen Hurts and a Josh Allen roll out of bed and just walk into. Jane Daniels has that skill set in him. Like he and, has that ability. Mm-hmm. When you look at Caleb Williams, if you're going to project the two, Caleb's the better NFL talent. I like yes. him. He's he's awesome. But he's not running for 800 yards. <laughs> he's not a threat for 10 touchdowns on the ground. He's like a three, four hundred yard kind of guy. So you really have to project that he's going to throw for forty five hundred yards and damn near forty touchdowns to be in that elite quarterback category right out yep. of the jump. Jaden Daniels yep. might be your one on one consensus by the time it's all said and done. So yeah. I mean, that's why I say like, there's no way I would be giving that up right now. Before you can I even make a know. good conversation to say that Jaden Daniels, based off of his floor and ceiling combination, is that. There is that he, he you could slot him in, and I'm not telling you that. Look, I'm still evaluating these quarterbacks, but what I'm saying is there is a conversation to be had that legit dynasty QB ranks go like this: your tier one dudes are Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, and Josh Allen. Your tier two begins and ends with Lamar Jackson, Anthony Richardson, and Jaden Daniels, and that's the end of the tier. So he's a mid first round startup pick, straight up. <laughs> Now, what's what's really interesting about this conversation? I'll just I'll just add another layer to it. Okay, go look at Josh Allen when he made the jump from quarterback eleven to quarterback one, and when Jalen Hurts was again a back end quarterback one to a high end quarterback one. What happens? Stephon Diggs and AJ Brown. So Jaden Daniels right now, what I'm trying to explain is probably what we base him and like kind of view him as with the draft capital association, which Jalen hurts didn't have at the time, right? He had to get a bag mm-hmm. to really lock that in. Jaden Daniels is probably going to have that back end quarterback one floor, no matter who takes him, but yep. God forbid he goes to Atlanta or somewhere where like, Oh shit. Like he's got weapons too off the rip. You're talking about upside like right away that we haven't had a chance to see for most people because they don't normally have the weapon coming in. And even if he was in like the commanders, it's not like uh, Diggs or AJ Brown per se, but Terry McLaurin has proven that all he really needs is a quarterback. So th- the weapons might not be that bad for a guy like of this, of this talent too. So he might surprise people in his warp right away. I'm just, that's my, my kind of take on it. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to hot take and say Jane Daniels over Caleb Williams, but the, what we're talking about here too is, if you are the pocket passer guy, and this is like I love freaking CJ Stroud, but let's talk, let's call it what it is. Like, you have to have that type of like ridiculous, like either one of two things have to happen. If you're not gonna run for six, seven hundred yards and you're not gonna get rushing scores on the ground, Mike laid this out perfectly. You've got to either do one of two things. Your offense has to be top five, top ten in neutral passing rate, and you have to be locked in to top ten, top eight in passing attempts. Or you have to be efficient as hell 
Yes. And this year, C.J. Stroud was efficient as hell. But, like, you see these guys, and and the one guy that I'll bring up here, and we could, we could throw him into the same. I'm not saying that Caleb Williams is going to have this type of career arc. But I'm old enough to remember when everybody put Trevor Lawrence up there on the damn pedestal and said he's going to be the, the, the football Jesus, he's going to be amazing, he's going to be this and this and this, and he did it last year, or he did it in 2022. He comes out in 2023, and we're looking at him to sit here and build upon that. And it was, yes, it was the year from hell, but he didn't, he wasn't able to produce that well in fantasy, even the weeks he was healthy, because he didn't have the type of high end, like volume numbers or the touchdowns to help him. So if that were to happen to Caleb Williams, you could see his stock tank like really quickly, much in the way that we saw Trevor Lawrence. And I'm not talking about Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence. I'm talking right. about Trevor Lawrence in the last iterations we've seen over the last two years. Even that guy, there's still a lot of people out there that believe in him, but if, there's a lot of people like myself that's like, nah, man, if I got him, I'm trading him away if I can get really good value on him. Like, and, and, yeah, it's I tough. CJ Stroud, to, to give you context, right? The dude, the dude was one of the best rookies we've ever seen as far as a passer. Like he really yes. did a a shit ton for a rookie quarterback. All those situations, and guess what he gave you? Quarterback eleven and warp. Yeah. <laughs> so as good as so he so was, so was like he, realistically, if Caleb like hits you know? or, or meets that and and goes over that even, so we're talking about like NFL record type stuff. He may not have the upside that you know one of these guys that just runs for. Seven, eight hundred, nine hundred yards can do. Um, all right, real quick, let's get two more. We're already almost at an hour and a half. Debro is, Debro man, man. You know what they say? Time, time flies when you're having fun. This is crazy. I feel uh, like we just turned the cameras on, man. I know, man. <laughs> it, it, it's crazy. It really is. Uh, here, let's see what we got here. Oh, My Mystic's back. I li I like this question here. Twelve team superflex start eleven. Drake May for Brees Hall. I don't need quarterback and need a running back. This is tough. <clears throat> Can I be honest with you? Go ahead, go ahead, D-Bro, you go, you go, D-Bro. If you're set at quarterback, I think you can have the same conversation for Drake May we just had about Caleb Williams. I would take Breeze. Michael? If you're set at quarterback. And I mean, like, you got two horses or you've got one, like, anchor-like guy. You've got two, like, three good quarterbacks, like, where you're basically rotating QB2. In that scenario, I would take Breeze. But outside of that, yeah, I would go May. There's Michael? a lot of things about Brees I like, right? He's one of the the safe running backs, right? There's not too many of them, right? but there's, there's only three of them. It's Bijan, Brees, and Jameer Gibbs. And outside of that, Chris McCaffrey produces elite numbers, but he's on the older side, right? Like he is yep. a an injury away from people going, well, we're done with him now. That was that was yep. fun. Everybody else doesn't matter if it's A. Chan, it's one of these other guys, Kyron. Even these guys, like they are one bad thing happening, replacement away from them just being toast. Brees is one of the few guys where you look at and you go, yeah, I can reasonably project two years, you know, of production and value and people still going to be interested in Brees. He's really awesome. Then you look at what he did coming off the ACL. Mm -hmm. Impressive as fuck on mm -hmm. that offense, how bad that offensive line was, quarterback play was shit. Mm -hmm. Here's the, the one thing about Brees that just uh, have a little caution like with people who are just automatically throwing him as RB1 for next year, right? Like look what he did off the ACL. A lot of when you're on a bad offense like that and you're so devoid of weapons outside of Garrett Wilson, 
he got a shit ton of passing work, a lot of checkdowns from shitty-ass quarterbacks who couldn't push the ball downfield. A lot of that stuff happened. You hope the offense takes a step forward with Aaron Rodgers in the efficiency metrics, right? We get some of this Josh Jacobs or Joe Mixon in the past type efficiency numbers where the offense is in scoring position. But if it doesn't happen and Aaron ain't sitting here checking down to the running back all the time, that's a lot of your production just kind of gone out the window. And then you also have to rely then, okay, well, he's a dynamite runner. Do they fix the offensive line? It is the Jets. It is still a Nathaniel Hackett-led offense. <laughs> We've seen now for back-to-back years look like dog shit. He's had excuses this past year, you know, Aaron Rodgers with, that, with the Achilles and a bad offensive line, and all Zach Wilson's his quarterback. But I also watched him basically ruin fucking Russ, and Russ came back this year with Sean Payton. It was actually pretty goddamn good for fantasy. Like, he was very efficient, did things he needed to. So... Uh, some of this is like, fuck, man. Do I really want to trust Nathaniel Hackett to like lead an offense that's like fucking competent <laughs> at some point? Do I want to trust that Brees is still going to get either similar receiving numbers and the efficiency on the ground goes up and the touchdowns go up? Or am I setting myself up for like this rose-colored glasses scenario where he's going to flat-out disappoint on where we're going to take him? So when you talk about trading a quarterback for a running back in a super flex one-for-one, it's a tough sell for me to actually do it. I would think I would, yeah. me personally, I love Brees, but I think I would rather just wait, see what happens with Drake May, especially with draft capital. People get a little bit more antsy. And I may not get Brees, but I may get a running back that's going to be similar mm-hmm. and it's going to cost a fuck ton less. I, I, th- I think, go, go, go ahead, D-Bro, go ahead. So what I'll say is the counterpoint to Brees and a lot of the checkdowns and stuff his efficiency numbers on a per touch basis this year were just fucking bonkers, dude. Like he was top five in like everything you care about, like missed tackles, force per attempt, like all this. And this is coming off an ACL. I agree with the point that the target numbers probably come down. What I'll counter with that is we have a sample size of seeing what Hackett does with his running backs. Like, I mean, from literally 2019, 2022, like all these different guys, and I had to go back and look and see how many years Hackett, again, this is off the top of my head, how many years Hackett led that offense as far as the right. offensive coordinator. But Aaron Jones, four years straight, at least 63 targets. And that might not sound like a lot, but that's a shit ton of targets, man. Like that's going to put him top five, top eight in targets amongst running backs. Now, is it close to where Brees had last year? No. But the other part about it is, if those target numbers go down, we've already seen Brees Hall coming off an ACL still have otherworldly type of efficiency on a per-touch per basis. So even if the target numbers kind of come down a smidge, like he gets 70 targets next year or in the mid-60s, the touchdowns are definitively going up. The offensive line it was basement, bottom level. Maybe like you, even if you say the, the chances of it being as bad as it was last year are probably, I would say, even – even if you want to say the the personnel is not great, they probably take a tackle in the draft this year. Even if they don't, even some of these terrible-ass teams saying, okay, he's got a bottom-five offensive line, those usually regress a little bit to the mean. So we talk about if he gets league average blocking, and I know that that's kind of a stretch right now, but if it does happen, even with Aaron Rodgers coming back, we're going to see more touchdowns, and his per-touch efficiency – really makes me think that like you're talking about who could take the mantle from CMC it could be Brees Hall 
easily, and you don't have to squint hard to see it. Yeah, I, I think uh, you, you kind of laid out some of the points, Debro, for me. I, I'd say um, when the question as a whole, Mystic, though, right? To me, it comes down to something that really wasn't discussed here is, like, I don't need a quarterback. I need a running back. The timing of this doesn't have to be today, okay? And another thing is, before I would make this trade, I would really probably consider – like what I could get cross positionally to a receiver first and see what that looks mm -hmm. like. If I wanted to do that kind of really dissect, like, is that worth going that route and a lot safer now to, to the breeze hall, if you were locked in, I want to get a running back. Like this is just what you're going to do. You want to go get a hero RB man. I talked a lot about Kyron Williams, but what we saw, first of all, breeze hall ramped up all year and you can see it's, re it's like reflective in his snap share at the end of the year. He was so damn good, as not just as a receiver, but they trusted him to the point in where his knee was. He's playing on 90% of snaps. So it, I think the health was there. I think that moving into this, this year, you're probably going to see he be one of the only guys that's out there in that heavy, heavy workload. And you just look at the guy's efficiency in an offense, which wasn't great. I mean, that's being nice. The ceiling is, you know, as, as Jordan would say, the ceiling is the roof with this guy, you know? I mean – if you're going to go for a hero running back, I have no problem with you doing it for Brees. I think that right now we have to be realistic about quarterback tradeability for Drake May. Probably with the way that quarterback played last year, doesn't offer you as much as we once are used to seeing. You know, for in a super flex league, just trading away Drake May without getting a quarterback back, you're used to getting some crazy haul. I would probably try to find a receiver first, but if you're locked in and doing this, I don't hate it. Just know that you're really going, like you're going for it right now here in February and you have a lot of risk on your side. One other counterpoint to this, if you can get this deal done right now, let's let's play out because we don't we're assuming okay, the, the assumption right now is the NFL draft goes and with the assumption with this trade, okay, is that the NFL draft goes like this. Caleb Williams goes to Chicago, Drake May goes to to Washington, Jaden Daniels goes maybe to Atlanta or maybe the Patriots. If Drake May, if Jaden Daniels hops him and goes to Washington, Drake May goes to freaking New England, that narrative is going to sit here and say, you will not be able to get this trade later. Even as, as high as people are on Drake May, just like, let's reason this out, guys, like straight up. Like, if Drake May goes to the New England Patriots, what is his stock going to look like versus now where the assumption is he goes to Washington? His stock would come down, no doubt. Now, I I would be in the camp of just I'm holding, and I'm gonna just see that through. No, that's fine. But but, but, but you you're you're correct. His, his stock will point. come down. If, if Maybe he goes to probably New England, not. Could you get this deal done for Brees Hall? I'm saying you could not do this straight up at that point. You might for, not on be, New England. It could be like, off the shit, table. We've seen that they have no weapons. Who's he gonna throw the ball to? People so, are very afraid so this, of that landing this spot. This is my only pushback too. When like, if you're telling me right now, right, like it happened today. Right with where we're at, mm -hmm. like the NFL draft was today. Yes, people as a whole they go to your point, D bro. He's got no fucking weapon. But there's one thing yeah. that's going to happen between now and the NFL draft where you're going to understand, like if somebody goes into New England, maybe you feel a little bit better about him. And it's the fact they got the third most fucking cap space in the entire league, and free agency is going to happen. And it is a very good free agent wide receiver class. Now, we don't know if all these guys are going to make it into free agency, right? Right. What happens with Mike Evans, Michael Pittman Jr.? There are a lot of guys out there where you go, fuck. Like, you know, if he lands here, all of a sudden you got, you know, little Pop Douglas. He's something. Like, he's a slot weapon or whatever you yeah. want to use for him. But they go out and they get a fucking T. Higgins with Drake May. 
And all of a sudden, you're like, okay, New England, what's up? Like, I don't mind this so much. Like, or they go out mm. and they get a Michael Pittman Jr. Or maybe they get a Michael Pittman Jr. and a Gabe Davis. I don't even fucking like Gabe Davis, but that's a dude that you could just chuck the ball down the fucking field to. So mm. his weapons outlook could drastically change. And plus, they're going to have a very early second-round pick, too, if they wanted to pair him with a wide receiver. So I know right now it's like, oh, fuck, this guy's falling. But I, I, I'm telling you, if it happens and they actually put weapons around whoever they take at quarterback at three, if that's the play – it could look much better, you know, by the time the actual draft comes around. But I'm, I'm with you, though. If they don't fucking do anything, they don't go out and sign anybody. They don't go out and draft a second or a third round weapon, you know, to add to it that you get excited about. Jesus, man, this is like Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers. Like, who the fuck that's, are you throwing the football Damn it. To? You're, get out of my head, man, because that's exactly <laughs> the counterpoint I was going to give you. And that's the, the – so the, the rose-colored scenario you were laying out there, Mike – you're still having to like talk yourself into and it's the ifs and it's the could be's and it's what if this guy signs the counterpoint to that is and and people are going to remember that is that we just saw what the hell happened with Bryce Young people are going to draw that connection if he were to end up in New England and even if they draft like say they go out and they sign somebody that's not great and say they draft a wide receiver in the second round People are also going to make the connection. The narrative writes itself. People are going to say, well, shit, Drake May just got Bryce Younged. Like that, you know, and, and again, that's going to hurt his stock as far as trading and stuff too. Yeah. Now, I will say, because I agree with the points, and now you, I think there's a spectrum where some guy, sometimes you go to a situation where the, the weapons suck and there's nothing Bryce Young probably was able to do. Realistically, it would have been yeah. very hard for him to overcome that situation. The crazy part, though, with narratives and the – like right now, it's going to be hilarious to really look back and think about this today. But when you have hindsight 2020, and people won't go live in the old reality. You know what the old reality was? I was on the draft stream for fucking three days, 20 plus hours. And you know what the narrative was? CJ Stroud ain't got no weapons. He can't do nothing. And I'm telling you guys, I'm telling you, I've seen this play out with him. I've seen this play out with Herbert, where it's like, all right, you guys want to fade the situation? I will take that fucking discount because I'm getting him in the mid first all of a sudden. Fine, I'll do it. And you, if you end up with Bryce Young at the 105 or 106, sucks. But it's not as bad as when you take Bryce Young at the 101 or the 102, right, at the 103 spot. That really, really hurts. So I'd almost, uh, to your point, like if you just had the player as a stock, it would come down significantly. But for me, he'd be automatically become a hold, and I'm just willing to bet on what I believe is the Duke and ball, and he'll be able to like elevate the level of play for everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and that's not a bad bet to make, and I totally understand that point. I guess my my whole thing is that you will not be able to – you could get this trade done now if his landing spot is not Washington and all of these other things don't coalesce for him, you won't be able to get this trade done later. That That is true. To that point, I agree, though. If, if you're dead set on, like, making this trade into a running back, Brees is as good as you're going to get and probably projecting-wise, like – I, you I'm, could I'm good him. with it. Like you, you could trade. Say you got out of the market, and you're like, "Oh, well, maybe I need to change things up with like my quarterback situation." Brees is a pretty liquid asset right now. Like you could basically like just change it out and go get another quarterback, probably from Brees. Like say you're like, "Screw it!" Like I didn't like Drake May, or I'm worried about him, or Jaden Daniels have a good spot. Jane Daniels lands in a really good spot. Say he goes to Atlanta or Washington. You might be able to flip Brees Hall straight up for Jane Daniels and say, screw it. I don't have to worry about the shitty landing spot now. I'll just go get Jane Daniels. Yeah, Brees on is the, pro- on the- one of the only three running backs that like is more on that liquid side to trade. 
On the other yeah. side of the coin, though, let's, let's talk that out real quick, though. Say it's a scenario Atlanta trades up to two, and they trade up to two to take Drake May. Like, oh. That's the dude that they move up to. Now what's Drake May's now, value compared now to Now we're Drake? off to the races, baby. Now, <laughs> now, now, now we got Mike's 50s in. Now we're in the fucking moon land, buddy. Yeah, we're, you know? we're on that Siberian shit now. Yeah, right? man. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. All right, la- like, last last one. I'm not actually. I shouldn't even cap this because it's been going well. But I'm I'm trying to make it reasonable, man. We're at a holy shit. We're at an hour and forty, dude. All right, last question, and uh, it's going to end up being a fifty minute conversation like we've been doing. But what's up, y'all? <laughs> Would you deal Drake London and Pickens for Andrews and the two hundred three? My other wide receivers are Lamb, Chase Hill. I have Pitts at tight end and nobody else. Nah. So so chemo. There's a couple basic uh, like things that to just answer the head shakes you're seeing up here and I'm on board with them. I don't in a start nine league. Okay. Yes. I've, I've been the person that's used to chase tight end. If you go look at warp, typically like you, you would need to tell me that this tight end premium is like two or more like double points for catch for me to even consider. And even then I'm probably still saying no, I think tight end is one of those positions, especially if I already have pits in the wings, I'm hoping for a better situation for him this year. I'm just going to let my tight end be what it is. And I, because I think that right now, um, I know what happens. A lot of people are very afraid with this Atlanta situation. You got Pitts, you got London. You don't want to have both. I'm not dealing away London and the odds of maybe I'm getting the wrong Atlanta asset. So, nah, don't do this, man. I, I'd be fine with moving Pickens for the 203, frankly, but not not London to Andrews. I, I'm really, really in on London and his situation changes here. London's a baller, has always been a baller. He is. You want to talk about true alphas? I'll throw this out here right now, and I'm not trying to be hyperbolic. If you give Drake London a league average passing rate, if you give Drake London a league average quarterback, and no Desmond Ritter is not that, no Taylor Heineke is not that, no Marcus Mariota is not that, you give him league average play, league average target volume, Drake London's catching 95 balls, 2024. Fucking calling it. He's Bam. 95 to 100 balls. He's going to fucking do it. Look at that. Straight all up. in unison. We're, we're all the same energy because I know Mike's been high on London. I, London I is crazy. a fucking baller. There yeah, is man. no – somebody could turn on the all 22, and I'm straight up like I've watched London's all 22 from last year. I watched it in his rookie season. He is a stone-cold alpha. I'm not tra- – I've got London everywhere – I'm I'm beating people back with a damn stick. I'm like, I ain't trading Drake London for shit, dude. You better offer me the damn moon and then some because he's See, that type of guy. It's interesting he has Kyle Pitts, too. Like, That's I, I want to yeah. project like being back in on Kyle Pitts. I still like him, but it's still a fucking tight end for me. Like, I'm good. Uh, I would... Well, I'm not I'm not have, trading for Andrews in this situation. Like I'm keeping yeah. London. It's a start nine, so you're starting Lamb, Chase Hill. Drake London's gonna be your flex. That's a fucking dynamite wide receiver core right there. Yeah. Pickens is ancillary. Like he's a decent enough player. But like I would trade Pickens for like an Njoku or an Evan Ingram if you didn't feel comfortable with Kyle Pitts as your only tight end. Like if that wasn't your if that wasn't your thing or you're worried a little bit about pits, you know, like the fall off or, you know, maybe that knee injury really fucked him up for life, which I don't think it did. But didn't. if that's the case, right, like George Pickens is the play where I go, like, can I buy a tight end that's just going to produce, <laughs> like just going to put numbers out? Because I think you can with a George Pickens. He's got enough hype. 
people are like, oh, yeah, fuck, I'll give you David Njoku for him. That's the kind of move I do. I don't move Drake London to go get him to tight. And I just want to give – I just want to kind of go full circle with this uh, senior bowl start, right? For those of you that are not quite hip to exactly, you know, Drake London being early to clear, not just that a young player, Drake London – is younger than a lot of people that were just fucking playing at the senior bowl that we're talking about even yep. taking right now. So yep. this dude might finally, well, I'm not going to project that he gets, finally gets his quarterback. I know that the person behind center can't be any worse than the situation was yep. at behind center. And I know factually <laughs> that Arthur Smith out of town is better. So I know the situation's at least better and it could be significantly better for a guy that has been winning as a young receiver in the NFL that has immense upside. So chemo, do yourself a favor. Uh, don't make this trade. And if you do anything, I would actually be more into seeing if I could actually extract value out of pits. And then at that point, now I can reset and decide if I want to go back into tight end for Andrews or someone else. Two, two other points I'll make here is that Andrews is a guy in Dynasty that you're just praying that he hoped that you're hoping and praying that he holds his value and that it doesn't drop. Mm-hmm. Those are not the types of players that I trade for. I trade for players that I want them to gain value over the next year. I don't trade for guys that, in the best case of scenarios, I'm just asking, baby, that you don't fall off a map or you don't lose value because then I'm screwed. Like Even in a compete and win now type of team, those are not the guys that I'm going to trade for. If I have them on my roster, fine, hold them, ride it out, man. But I'm not trading for Mark Andrews in this type of sense. If you want to go trade for what you're looking for as a tight end upgrade, hell, go offer somebody Kyle Pitts and George Pickens and go get Trey McBride. Go do something like that or go go after Sam Laporta. Go do that kind of stuff. And the other thing about it is with Pickens, like – I knew we couldn't do it. Pickens – when do you feel, because again, we're talking about a set your lineup type of league. When the hell do you feel good about putting Pickens into your damn lineup at this point? If you're talking about best ball formats, fine. Hold him. Enjoy right. your spike weeks. I, shit, Pickens this year, he was either fantastic and he won you your week or he was dog shit. And there was no in between, man. So for me, yeah, go get rid of George Pickens. That's totally fine. Go get rid of Kyle Pitts. You want to be out on those guys? Go, dra- go, go trade for Trey McBride. Get into that market. Absolutely. I love the fact Absolutely. Too, you're talking about Andrews and his value holding. Still, keep trade cut has TJ Hawkinson above him. TJ Hawkinson, a guy who late December tore an ACL. He's going to miss the entire MCL. 2024 season, basically. And or if he majority com- of it. And if yeah. he comes back early, I it's crazy. I, we've se- I, wait till wait till Friday. I drop some some knowledge on y'all. But <laughs> literally, like if he comes and plays, we've seen there's revisionist history we can go back and look at and say. It's not a good thing when guys come back too early from multi-ligament knee injuries. It just isn't. So uh, it's, I, it's a hammer. Look at injury. Kyle Pitts. Look at Kyle Pitts this year. Kyle. <laughs> Kyle. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Love yeah. it. I've got TJ Hawkinson as my tight end six. I've got Sammy Ballgame. I've got Trey McBride. I've got Andrews, Kelsey, and Kincaid over Hawkinson just to put it out there for people. Mike, Mike uh, just – when Mike does stuff, he tries to like be you know obnoxious with it. I forget where he put him in his dynasty ranks. It was like letting you know that he's screaming, even <laughs> though even though he's in that picture right there, thirty eight behind is, his head. He's, he's, he's way like way low on him, man. Way out on. I'll, him. I'll tell 12. you this too. Twelve, as soon dude. As Come on, Pitts, bro. As Jeez. soon as Kyle Pitts gets a quarterback, I'm gonna put Kyle Pitts above T.J. Hawkinson. <laughs> Bam. Bam. I, that's the other thing, man. I, chemo. The other the other thing is we're talking all this about London. I'm very bullish on London. I'm still not quite as bullish on Kyle Pitts, but 
the situation getting better does apply to him too, and he's also still yes. very young. I, I frankly, right now, like the way I value tight end, if you can't move and liquidate pits, I'm perfectly fine just seeing what happens there. I think the talent is immense still. So well, I, I'm not needing I'll, to double wanna, dip at tight end, man, personally. I want to pull up one other thing for chemo that like matters to me a ton, <laughs> and this, is, this speaks to the type of elite upside at the tight end position. What I care about, guys, and I've, I mentioned this, this was a big reason why I was over the moon, much less like the skill set and stuff, but why I was over the moon about Sam Laporta. If you want to access the elite upside at the tight end position and you want to only look at, like, one damn metric, okay, then go look at yards per route run for a tight end against man coverage. Go Just go pull that up. And you, what you're going to see at the very top, and let's, let's just – Let's rattle off the leaderboard of yards per route run against man coverage for tight ends right now, boys. Okay. Number one, George Kittle. Two, TJ Hawkinson. Three, Evan Ingram. Four, David Njoku. Like this list? It's a good list. Number five, Sam Laporta. Number six on that damn list, and his, his ceiling is still just as high as the day he got drafted. Number six on that list this year, Kyle Pitts. Yeah, for sure. A, a lot of the advanced metrics for Kyle Pitts – are tremendous like unrealized air yes. yards i mean it, we're praying man we're praying we got we got the we got the start right we got rid of arthur mm-hmm. we got the start now hopefully we can get a quarterback that can actually hit him i mean kyle pitts definitely still has immense upside as a talent there's no doubt in my mind either yep. I'm, I'm with you on that dude i, I mean like I because thought. just that one metric like just to round out the top 10 just just to completely put yeah. a bow on this Give for everybody yeah travis kelsey is six Jake Ferguson, Trey McBride, Mark Andrews. That's your top ten. Tell me that metric doesn't that metric doesn't that one damn metric doesn't hold water about a lead upside for tight end. It does. I, I really thought you were gonna go with the reason you loved Sam Laporta is because three years ago I'm screaming that people should pay attention to Sam Laporta and nobody wanted to fucking listen at that time. <laughs> well, I heard, I heard, I think Ray G was going to watch video on him this week off, off of your recommendation. Finally, um, finally he's good. <laughs> I, I would think off of the film, he might bring, put him at tight end one. Bring back old convos. Might, bring him, might put him at tight end one, you know? It'd be hey, awesome. Derek, if you love Sam Laporta, right, all I got to say is you can get a jump start. You can join the club. All right? Let's be Luke Lachey fanboys, all right? You're gonna oh, love is this your, your Iowa guy we talked about a few months ago? You're yeah. Love the, you're I, love at Luke. a tight end you, baby? Tight end, and, and he is related to Nick Lachey of ninety-eight degrees. Oh no! Right? Oh jeez! Right? You thought Sammy Ballgame was an awesome Nick? Tight, just wait till we get ninety-eight in degrees one. up in here. Tight, tight end one already, baby. I will I'm say though, put him up there. The, on, the only thing that worries me a little bit is when we get tight ends that have a lot of clout with, um, you know, the celebrity stuff mixed in, especially like that Lachey. We saw what happened with Swift and Kelsey. I'm a little bit, might be a little bit nervous on this all of a sudden. You know, it's gonna be fine. Trust me. 98 degrees still slaps. My today. favorite thing, and this is a perfect way to go out. Um, when Mike, when Mike tells you trust me, there are y'all better pray because there's a lot of things that could go wrong when Mike tells you trust me. Um, listen, man, D bro, honestly, uh, you to give us almost two hours of your time, dude. Seriously, appreciate that. Love having you on. Every time D-Bro comes on, it's a fucking blast. It's an epic show. Uh, Office Depot, excellent show. Appreciate it. D-Bro, plug your stuff, and uh, you know we'll, we'll get you out of here, buddy. All the things and stuff, Fantasy Bros, baby. I'm working on uh, all my positional rookie primers and stuff, so I'll have full scouting reports for all the guys and stuff. I'm getting through the class right now. I'm on Jane Daniels, but that's really what I'm – that's my baby, man. So all the rookie content is in the works. I'm, I'm, I'm in the lab right now. Also, teasing it, man. 
Uh, tomorrow, myself and Thor Nystrom are going to announce a new project we're going to have in the works, baby. So stay tuned. Be following me on Twitter, man. We're going to announce it tomorrow, baby. Go follow him on Twitter. Great follow. Go check him out on Fantasy Pros. One of the things I can confidently say is I have yet to find someone. There's there's people in that range, but it's so elite. Like, you talk about all those metrics. Debro is one of the hardest workers in the space, and when he puts stuff out, it's significantly worth the time. Go follow everything he's doing if you're probably not already doing it. Act like we have a bigger sure. following than him. So if you're not, getting him on do it, though, man. Because we get him to let his beard down, right? Yeah, he man. To say what he wants. Let me get <laughs> no the let censoring. me let me get the after hours, D bro. You know, look at that swag, man. <laughs> Let's go. Thanks, Derek. I, every time you come on, man, you're one of the coolest in the space. Love having you on. I oh, love, love you guys, man. With you. It's a love fucking blast, man. Work. We could sit here and talk for four hours, dude. It wouldn't Easy, be a And listen, Easy. next year, next year as South Harbin CEO, I'm gonna make sure that Adam and I's ass is down at the senior. <laughs> bowl. Hey, you know what? I meant there was a comment on here. Next year is 100% happening, no matter what. Um, if I may just have to call Fantasy Pros and be like, D Bro said I could come with y'all, so we'll see. We'll figure it out. <laughs> hey man, <laughs> Look, we'll, we'll we'll make room at the dojo for you, baby. Come on, let's go. I love it, man. We'll see you guys back here, same time, same place, next Wednesday for the AMA. We're out of this thing. Love y'all. Peace. Peace. Boom. What's good, fellas? <coughs>